0: The rain giveth and the rain taketh away. We'll get into all the effects of the rain on today's episode of Locked on Guardians. You are Locked on Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland
1: Guardians. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Guardians. I am your host, Jeff Ellis. Uh, Before taking this very gig, I was the host, uh, well, not, well, I was the host of the Scouting Baseball site, uh, where I wrote about the MLB draft and MLB prospects in general, and I got my start over at Indians Baseball slash Indians Prospect Insider. Justin, tell them about your bona days.
1: Yes, I am Justin Ladd, currently from Guardians Baseball Insider, which was formerly Indians Baseball Insider, which is how Jeff and I First, well, not until we first met. We first met when you were there. I was at uh, a bunch of other websites, and I also freelance now for uh, the Willoughby News Herald and Lorraine Morning Journal, along with my writing over at Guardians Baseball Insider.
0: I want to thank you for making Locked on Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is you get podcasts. I want to apologize for any weirdness at the start there. Uh, I hit the go live, well, not, I, I hit the, li- the connect button, and it had like a 10 second delay. So I am hoping that uh it's not too awkward but just want to throw that out there so let's talk about the mlb uh really messing this up like bad communication bad i mean listen everything's been pretty poorly scheduled i think i kind of let that out when i was talking about just the timing on these games uh now we get the fact that they're like you know this slow trickle of information and the whole situation tonight where we knew it was going to be bad for a while. And there's also part of me, it's like, how do neither of these New York parks have like, I get it, the, the sanctity of Yankee Stadium, no dome. But like every new relatively new park should have something like Milwaukee has where it's like, OK, we're just going to close it up because we know we live in an area that has inclement weather. Uh, yeah, but, you know, not to yell at the city in New York as much as you know, MLB uh, fumbling things again.
1: I mean, it's not even i You could blame Major League Baseball too, because they're they're a part of this. But you know, the TV networks are the ones that are paying the bills for Major League Baseball. So when it was the TV networks and Major League Baseball that wanted this additional playoff series, and I guess the lockout had something to do with it too. So you can blame Major League Baseball for that. Pushing all this, the the wild card series would have started that last went that Wednesday, so the season should have ended on on Sunday, and I think. Uh, the wild card round would have started Wednesday, but because of the lockout, things got pushed a couple more days or the last week. But they wanted this extra round. The TV networks paid all this money for the extra round. They get to dictate start times for ratings, and they thought it would be a good idea to have a game, to, a game uh, day off between game one and game three, game two and three. So game one day off, game two day off. I, I don't understand that. Um, and that's why we're in the situation when right now, and and not that they could predict the weather ahead of time, nobody could, but, um, they took out their ability to have extra rain days by doing that. And, um, yeah, it's just, um, it's just unbelievably stupid that they, they scheduled it this way. Yeah. It's,
0: it's just obnoxious right now. It's like having two of these games rained out and it's like, even if this had been a typical schedule, like if you're planning on the Yankees advancing, if this team were to make it to the world series in a normal year, like they'd still have to deal with this weather this late, if not later. Uh, yes, the lockout pushed things back. That is without a doubt, but uh, it, it didn't push it back a whole month. Like there would still be issues no matter what. So it just it's poor planning <laughs> and it just sets up this situation where like I'm sitting here personally annoyed because I saw some people online that are upset as Yankees fans thinking they're hosed. I think this plays, you know, we gonna do it more in segment two, but I'm just going to tease it here. I think this plays massively into the Yankees favor. I think this is a huge help for the Yankees uh, just because the way everything matched up. I mean, as Justin and I were getting the article up last night, we were discussing more about tie that we'll probably share today. It's like that was, they're going from a pitch perfect matchup to a pitch poor matchup. But yeah, I think, you know, to get back to the main thrust of this, that what occurred just in terms of even the letting us know, like they, nothing changed over the last few hours. I mean, it was just sitting there hoping that it wouldn't rain and it started to rain and then hoping it would clear up in time. And then instead of having a late game, I mean, they could have maybe had this game start at nine. It was supposed to be a seven to nine weather pattern, from what I understand, but that doesn't work with their, uh, with the TV. Like don't have any misconception. This was, again, at its core about TV money ratings and uh, those those uh, networks might have been the ones who actually called this before the MLB did.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. It's it's definitely possible that the network said it's not worth playing it a 10 o'clock start. I know some people online were saying, oh, well, there's a, a uh, soccer game, playoff game going on down the street in New York. Uh, but the, the thing... With they yeah, they were they could play through this, but I think that they were concerned that um, there would have been stoppages, and you know, you risk losing pitchers, and they wanted either they wanted to get the game in without any breaks. They didn't want to pep play and stop and start again. So I, I understand that I do, and I don't know if it's fair to the players to play at ten or eleven o'clock when you're talking about an elimination game where both teams' seasons are on the line. So I can understand it from that perspective, um, but. The league was just so poor in communication. I mean, just talking about Yankees fans in general. Any fans who were at the game tonight, they sat there for two hours in a rain delay, and were told like once or twice what was going on. Like they just they opened the gates, and I get they were trying to get the game in, but the communication is just so poor. And they this in Cleveland multiple times this year too, where um, fans came out. There was that game against the the Mariners, uh, the White Sox this year in Cleveland, where the, there was just zero communication about the weather and everything. So this is just fitting for Cleveland, to be honest. And and I, I, I fail to see how this is fan-friendly. Nobody's better at shooting themselves in the foot than Major League Baseball, right? They love to make their game as least digestible as possible. They like to make it hard for us to attract fans to listen to people like us ramble because they constantly make their product, you know, unmarketable like this, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, it's just Um it's, it's so stupid. And, and you think a 4 o'clock start time is any better? Tomorrow, you still people at work. You still have uh, people who well, are the game. Do you, do you know why
0: it's a four o'clock and not a seven o'clock?
1: Because they have to travel to Houston the next day. Yes, yeah, so you can't start at seven and have those no, people. I think it's because midnight.
0: of the. Isn't the NLCS start? Have a seven o'clock game tomorrow. So they oh, refuse to line up. Really? Yeah, so I think it's they refuse to have two games go at the same time. That's been the story this whole postseason. So yeah, you're right. So That's I think it's more. I agree. I mean, I think see you took the the kind human being approach like oh whoever wins has to travel and they need time I don't think it had anything to do with that I think in their minds it was just about staggering start times because that has been one of their big focuses this postseason that's why we've had these really obnoxious one o'clock games so I think this was a hundred percent about hey you know what we'll have back-to-back games and that'll be good and yeah for someone like me I mean like I said I'm I'm in the central time so at three o'clock guess what I'm still teaching uh, if I'm lucky, I get out of my building around 4, 4.15. And again, my times, so that's like 5.15. So I'm going to be, I'm going to miss some of this game. There's no way around it. I can't, I can't teach and do this. So it, it stinks. It's unfortunate. Any final thoughts before we uh, hit this first commercial break?
1: Nope. Um, I'm mad. I want to say lots of other things that we can't say on this network and uh i'm just mad this is stupid i'm mad at baseball and i'm mad at the weather the weather can do whatever but
0: yeah it does feel vaguely appropriate though doesn't it in a weird way (laughs) just all the weather this year it's been the year of weather uh for the guardians um so yeah with this terrible transition let's sorry everyone i'm vamping for a second as my fourth pen in a row has failed as i try to write down a number there we go so Let's switch gears. We're going to come back and talk about how this game transitions and how, why I think it helps the Yankees hurts the guardians. Uh, But first let's take a quick note from one of our sponsors. And that that is the good people over at bet Online. They don't have a line for tomorrow's game. I want to throw that out there with the rescheduled, the change. And I can't find what today's line would have been, but today's line really wouldn't have mattered because there's so many changes that we're going to get into in segment two But there is no line on BetOnline. As of yet, I bet it will post eventually. But BetOnline.net is your number one source for all football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchup, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. As always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. Even things like politics. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. So I got to ask one question related to the sponsor there. Uh, Are you getting the annoying ads uh, all the time on TBS? Uh, Maybe you don't stream it like I do about the California betting law. (laughs) No, I haven't seen oh, it. yet. Okay, I, was, okay. I was just
1: wondering. I was just wondering if we could have bet on Major League Baseball screwing this up. Like, well, no, if you I ever mean, wanted, the
0: odds are off a, on that.
1: If you wanted a, <laughs> the safest bet, money bet ever, you probably get no odds on it. But no. Major League Baseball whenever whatever they never really can to screw this stuff up. Yeah, they, they
0: just have no. So let's get into it. We know that Nestor Cortez is now starting. So you and I, as we were like putting the you know the final touches on the show, we're we're shooting the stuff um, and talking about like tie on is literally picture perfect for the guy you want the guardians to face. Like he, everything about him is, is perfect. And to go from that to yes, they got to Cortez, but let's be honest, it was more, they got to the bullpen in that game. So, I mean, that is, that's a complete 180. Uh, I'm not sure you could go from a, in this Yankees pitching staff, a better matchup to a worse matchup. Plus, this now means Wandy Peralta can pitch again. So, hey, Luis Likki, sorry, we're not going to see you. And and on top of that, Clay Holmes is also available. So not only is it the 180, but it fully rests. Peralta.
1: Rest,
0: yeah, fully rests everyone. And I'm not going to sit here and say it makes it impossible for Cleveland. They can totally win this game. But it takes them in my field of vision from a pretty heavy favorite, where Savali was uh, matched up against Teon to even odds tomorrow.
1: I don't know. I mean, let's consider this. Nestor Cortez is is not going on full rest.
0: Yes, that's why it's um, even odds instead of an advantage. Yeah,
1: um, yeah, it's not full rest, and I'd imagine he's not going to go as long as he normally would. So there's still an opportunity for Cleveland to push into the bullpen. They were effective in Game Two, knocking him out. Um, they didn't, you know, hit off him great, but they got him out of the game and they got into the bullpen. They won the game because of that. They outlasted him, so he's going to be on an even shorter pitch count presumably than he was in game two. So there is still that he's not, he's less hittable than Jamison Tyone. So that's good for the Yankees. Um, At the same time, I will say, I thought about this yesterday. The Yankees have not won a non Garrett Cole start in the series yet. The only two games they've won have been started by Garrett Cole. So they need to figure out a way to win one of those games. And Cleveland has yet to win. No, they won okay, they want a beaver, they won Bieber starting, they won McKenzie start, even though they didn't didn't pitch very well. So yeah, they, every, they I, I, their, I guess things they, are more they their
0: bullpen wins than starter wins in a way.
1: Yeah. I think uh, look, Cortez is going right now, and Cleveland has officially um rescinded Savali's starting, and right now it's TBD. There's no announced mm. starting on Cleveland. So they're gonna at least that, that could, maybe that maybe the showmanship there gives them a little bit of an advantage. Maybe you go with Savali. And you go to Beaver out of the pen or you go with, I, I don't know, however you want to play that. I don't that's, think Bieber's ever, I don't think he's ever pitched in relief. Has he Bieber? I'll,
0: I'll pull it up. But I actually think that's the plan. That's what I think is going to occur. Cause I think you go out and you said, but Savali with, a you know, something else is we're sitting there off the air. It's like, he's actually a pretty decent matchup for the Yankees. Um, And when you get into, you know, especially if you're only going to send him out there to throw like three innings, because if you pull off Bieber again, it's short rest. So you're not going to expect to maybe you only want think you can get through the, the other team twice, not even, you know, a ten, well, I mean, three, th- three times th- towards the, o- through the order is a tall order for anyone. But I wonder if it could be the great, you know, switcheroo, like it, there's, there's kind of a degree of like the un- having Shane Bieber resting in your pen is almost like having, Uh, it's like having a trump card back there and i just wonder if uh if they would consider it he is let's see he has had two games out of the bullpen in his major league
1: career when were those
0: um let's see uh, well i was pulling up his uh let's see in college he didn't have any Mm -hmm. in the minors it it looks like he had none Um, so let's, let me close it. Let me go back to the last setting on this. So he had a first year in, uh, 2018, 20 games, 19 started. And then 2019, 33 games or 34 games, 33 started. So,
1: Hmm. well, either way, that doesn't matter. I'm not really too concerned about that. I think the only concern is that, uh, and we can get more of this in the next segment about Bieber, honestly, so we can save that. So stay tuned for the next segment to hear more about our thoughts on Shane Beaver. But yeah, now the Yankees bullpen has, like you said, now it's, it's clay Holmes and Wani Peralta definitely can pitch tomorrow. And, or, and today people are listening to this. Maybe yeah. those are, have been their most effective relievers in this that series. So they-
0: those are the big three for them.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think Lowell Isaac is like totally unhittable. I think I think the big two are are Holmes and Peralta just yeah. because of Cleveland's issues with lefties, and and Clay Holmes is, is their best reliever if he's healthy. Um, the plan doesn't change; it just gets harder. The plan the plan against Jameson Tyone was to score early, get him out of the game, force the Yankees to go to the bullpen early. Uh, no different tomorrow because you can bet. I don't think they want it. That, I mean, they probably can get some length out of Peralta. He threw 27 pitches in Game Three, and he threw what seven in Game Four. So seven. they didn't have any exactly yeah seven. but they didn't have any issues bringing him back a third day in a row after throwing 27 the night before. So you would assume they'll, they'll be able to use Peralta for at least two innings. I think uh, in Game Five, maybe maybe more. Who knows? I mean, it'll be incumbent on Cleveland to to force him to pitch longer <laughs> this time than seven pitches um so the, the plan's the same you have to you have to get Cortez out of there he's going to be on a shortened pitch count you've got to force him to go to to Lou Trevino or any or Jamison Tyone maybe is still an option out of the pen I don't know if, if that's true that's good uh for Cleveland in theory so the plan's the same it just got a little bit harder you just hope that um you know just that, that they can knock Cortez out early like they did in game one and, and do it sooner
0: so I'm going to save something for segment three because I just had something uh, hit me that we haven't we didn't discuss before the show that is going to be a, a secret uh, negative to this. Something that uh, kind of stands out. We are so focused on pitching that something hit me as we were discussing this. I think when I'm talking about the it's like it's clear they rely on him. I'm not saying he's unhatable. I'm not saying he's um, otherworldly, but it's they have three guys that they clearly leaned on in this postseason so far. And it's been Holmes, the and um Wandi Pralta. I'm not sure, especially with an injured shoulder. I'm not sure if any of them are great. Like healthy homes is great, but they don't have any faith in anyone outside of those three. So the, if we want to look for an upside, I think it's, you know, something you touched on, which is Nestor Cortez might only go through this order two times. Like it might be a short, if he can only go like four innings, is four innings of Cortez better than five innings of Teon? Absolutely. But if he can only go four, they might still have to bring out Tayon, And there was a reminder. He is the one who didn't record an out in the game to loss. So uh, they're going to have to rely on it. Or, you know, if they're lucky, they can be like, okay, we're going to go four two from Lois and got two for, um, for Peralta. And then if we're up, we don't even need the extra inning or it's like, you know, we can split it up those extra five innings between those three guys. Or, um, you know, you would need all of them. What am I saying? It's, brain fire moment. The other team doesn't need the other run, but still it's three guys for
1: five innings. And I think that might be the Yankees plan. All right. So what is, what is Cleveland's plan then? Let's say a non, let's say a a non Bieber plan. Let's just say, um, let's say that they, that they're just using Bieber as a coy or they're going TBD just to get the possibility of Bieber. What's, what's the pitching plan for Cleveland, I don't think it changes. It doesn't. It's not any different than it was today. Savali so two times through the order.
0: Maybe I think he's like three to. I think he's three to five
1: innings. Yeah, three to if five. He runs innings. into any problems, you you cut quick, cut right. Yeah, you got. You have. Yeah, uh, you, know, you you go to Karen Shack. You go to Henches, You go to Stefan, and
0: yeah. I five, guess you eight. go to.
1: Yeah. They will Santos if you have yeah. to. And then Classe. I think Clase is
0: good for two. I think Henches yeah. might be good for two. I think Stefan might be good for two. I think 99 is only good for one. I think we've kind of seen that with him. He is best in that kind of one. Cause he's going to be a high pitch count anyways.
1: Um, Unless he's having a great day. Yeah. Great yeah. day for him would be like 20 pitches still. I feel like, but we'll see. Yeah, I
0: mean, he's uh, being a strikeout as extreme of a strikeout guy, which is fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but the more strikeouts, the more pitches, which is, you know, just going to be part of it. He works counts.
1: So to reiterate too, real quick, before we jump into our next break, the guardians before the game, Terry Francona said it would be Savali. If there was a rainout out on, in, on, on Monday, mm-hmm. um, they have flipped TBD, so they're obvi- they're at the very least they're just discussing their options. Um, I would still guess it's it's going to be Aaron Savali as of right now. I mean, things could change in the morning, uh, obviously, but more likely that maybe Shane Bieber is a factor. He wanted to pitch today, according to Zach Meisel, and um, the team overruled him. But maybe because I think I think tomorrow, let's see, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, it'd be three days rest tomorrow um both guys are on three days rest so uh bieber did throw a side day uh, his side session on sunday because he didn't know if he'd pitch monday or not so he already threw a side so that's going to be tricky so it wouldn't surprise me if they have bieber out there as kind of like a decoy just as a threat and you know breaking you know break glass in case of emergency kind of thing but we'll see
0: no totally and we're going to take a break. We'll come back and I will reveal my mystery reason that the Guardians might be hurting tomorrow as well as just talking about the pitching uh, the pitching matchups and some additional information as we discuss an elimination game on today's Locked On Guardians. So we're back. So I'm going to just lead off with what hit me as we were talking with Nestor Cortez pitching tomorrow. Does this team... Does this mean the return of Owen Miller? So we're going to get worse defensively and in terms of hitter at first base. Uh, I know they've been going with Arias and I know he is right-handed, so it makes sense, but Tito has seemed to believe in him as a lefty killer. Do you think there's any chance they flip back?
1: No, I think they would have used him as a pinch hitter if that were the case, and they have not done that. So um, I think he is literally just a pinch hitter at this point. He is on the bench to pinch it for um, Austin Hedges. If, if uh They bring a lefty, you know, in that spot. So him and Will Brennan are at this point both just pitch hitters.
0: It's just, I just wondered, because we haven't seen a lefty, and the last time Miller played was against Cortez, right?
1: Game two, yeah. He hasn't played since game two. Gabby was in there game three, so. I, I, it would be super strange if they did that, I guess, because I think, I think Gabby Arias has been fantastic in this series. I know,
0: 100%.
1: yeah, I think he had that one little awkward play where his foot came off the bag, and I don't even know if that was his fault. I think it's just it was a, a factor of the throw and all that kind of stuff.
0: But. And there was the one short hop situation with Ahmed where it got thrown in, but like he's made enough like amazing plays to counter that. Plus, he's just been—I know game uh, four is great, but his at bats have been good even when
1: the performance. Uh,
0: yeah, he there. just
1: took a fastball from Cole down the middle, three two. I mean, Cole. Yeah. Cole schooled him because Cole is an ace and and Gabby's a rookie. So it is what it is. But yeah, I I can't imagine they're going to turn back now. I don't think there's, I don't think Arias has done anything to deserve to be benched for Owen Miller. I just wondered if
0: they'd fall into old, old approaches. That's my only worry there. It's like, we've done it all year. Do we fall back to it?
1: No, I, I think you save him. I mean, He's a better option than Austin Hedges. If we're going talking about going yeah. from like a A D to a C minus. Um, and he's actually
0: not bad against right-handed pitching. Like he's better, so much better hitting yeah. right-handed pitching that, especially as a pinch hitter late in the game, he'd have additional value. So I, I'm hoping it's the case, but I thought I'd throw it out there. Kind of a wrinkle that we hadn't discussed just because it's something we've seen all year. Right.
1: All right. Well, what do you think about Bieber in game five? I just said that he's already thrown a side session on Sunday, so we don't know how he's going to be. Um, Cause normally guys throw what a, a side th- in, on the third day. Anyway, that's the, that's the schedule. Mm-hmm. So tomorrow's the third day, but he already went ahead and threw a side. So <sighs> no, he would have, I think he would have thrown a side today on yeah. Monday. So I don't know. What, what do you, what do you think? I mean,
0: you know, it, we talked about it a little bit before. It's like with the way the curveball is and how things set up, Savale is not a bad matchup for the Yankees. He's not. Um, good, I cutter. Think, a short yeah, cutter. good cutter, yeah. And I think I think he's gonna start. I think it's gonna remain Savale versus um Cortez. I, I do think that's what's gonna happen. I could be proven wrong, they might change their minds, but it certainly is leaning that way. Um I think Beaver will be available out of the pen. I think if it's tight. They might consider going, you know, I, I do think they trust Stefan, they trust 99, but especially if you get like three strong out of Savale, and they're like, well, he hasn't pitched in a while. We can maybe get three more out of Bieber and then go seven, eight, nine and throw those three arms, you know, in those three rolls, and then just stick with your Hydra at the back of the pen and two starters for three innings, that way that they don't even have to get a second time through the order. I would not be shocked by that.
1: Yeah. I wonder if you do bring Bieber in where it happens and what you do. Um, You know, you don't, you don't bring him in with runners on, obviously that's a no, no No. with the starter coming out of the pen who hasn't done it before, especially on short rest. Um, Do you bring him in against the top of the order? Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think, I think I, I think you only bring him in if the situation calls for, him. I don't think it's like a, a situation where, okay, he's going to pitch. We're going to use him in this role. I think it's if Savali falters and you go to, um, you know, I, I would imagine Henches maybe is the first guy out of the pen, maybe De Los Santos, depending on the situation. Uh, Cause I mean, except for the, th- you know, to Harrison Bader, who has turned into, you know, Barry Bonds in nice. the postseason. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Uh, although I will say Bader has continued to slam fastballs. Although I think it was the home run he had off Kench's a curveball. So maybe, I don't know. Either way, I think Kench's is your first guy out of the pen if, when, when you you turn from Savali, whether he's struggling or not. And then maybe it's like a combination of De Los Santos, Stefan, Karen Shack, and then and Classe. So you would have to, I think, I think Savali would have to be knocked out the first time to the order to bring in Bieber early on. And you only do that because you have to keep the game close. If they like let's, if Cleveland hits Nestor Cortez, they score some runs, but it's like, let's say it's like two to two after two innings or three to three after two, after three innings. I think maybe you consider Bieber there. Um, You don't do it. If you're losing, I don't think. No. Um, Well, I guess it depends on the score. If it's like four to three, maybe, but if it's like anything more than that, I think again. I think it's a only break glass in case of emergency, and because um, you are now you can go. Now you can go back to. I mean, I'm not saying you want to go to Morris, but you could. He I was well thinking enough. About that. Yeah, I mean, he
0: looked really good. And and there's that degree of unknown. Like there's not a lot of game tape on him. Which yes, I know everyone scouts. Everyone has the minor league film, but there's a difference between seeing a guy still pitch against major league competition versus minor league competition kind of seeing some reaction and stuff. And I think there is a degree of value in the major league unknown to a degree. And I mean, if yes, you have to advance to make it matter, but if you can win and not throw Shane Beaver, that sets you up so much more nicely for your, you know, the ALCS, if you can get there, I think that's also, I mean, you might be saying that's looking too far ahead that you got it. And I totally get that. And that's why I'm not, certainly saying you don't do it, but I do think there is, as you said, it's like only unless this is a situation where it's super, you need it. It's you're not going to throw them out there just because, but you know, there is, I I can't be the only one who's thinking about, I was trying to remember what year that was that Pedro Martinez came out against Cleveland in like the second inning and through like, was it 1999? I think. Where he threw like a perfect game for like six or seven innings out of the pen, and after Cleveland had a 2-0 lead, to lose the next three in that
1: uh, that ALCS. Yeah, that was that was bad. It was like seven innings out of the pen or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, someone did point out to me that Randy Johnson threw Game Five of the ALDS against the Yankees the day after starting. So that was wild. Because uh, other people said. You know, or Garrett Cole came to the park today and said he was available to pitch for the Yankees. So, you know, maybe now Garrett Cole's an option a day later. Who knows? Like that's mm-hmm. dangerous. I I don't know if you would do that, but um that's yeah. don't just well, don't, anybody, don't let anybody don't confuse you out there. Don't let anybody say, Oh, Beavers pitching yeah. tomorrow. Right now, as of as of ten twenty-eight Eastern on October seventeenth. No announcement has been made whether or not Bieber will pitch in this game. It's it's all TBD. So if you're listening to this right after we record or in the morning, it could change, but uh, don't listen to it until you see it from a Cleveland reporter. Yes. Is uh, is Aaron Boone managing for his job? I've, I've talked to a couple people in New York and they seem to think so. Um,
0: so, you know, could he turn it, could he turn this into straight college manager, which, but I mean, If you watch college baseball at all, like college managers have the least amount of care when it comes to there there are exceptions, but they are the ones who will throw a kid like 140 pitches in the postseason and then like throw have them throw three days later. Like there is a long history of Rice and Fullerton and places like that. It's like if if Boone feels like he is at risk of being fired, maybe he goes in tomorrow and is like, okay, Garrett Cole, go get me two innings. You know, Nestor Cortez, give me four. Clay Holmes, we're going to pitch you till the arm falls off. Like it does set up an interesting situation where, I mean, maybe he's a better human being than that, but there is, you got to wonder when someone's
1: job and livelihood is on the line, is there a risk of that? Yeah. I mean, the way he already handled the Clay Holmes situation, I think says he probably won't do stuff like that because they said, well, the reason he's on the roster is because he can go every other day. He can't go two days in a row. And, um, they're not going to push him. So I, I don't think he's considering with that with that. And I don't know. I, I wouldn't say Cole's unavailable. I, it's hard to say. Like there's <laughs> nothing out there that says he is or isn't. And um, yeah, he's and and Garrett Cole can't pitch game one of the ALCS anyway. So you might as yeah. if you're going to use him to win, you might as well, because it's not like he can help you in game one of the uh, on Wednesday against Matt, the Matt Astros if they win.
0: Talk about an advantage too. like the Astros just get to sit back and watch while these two teams lose an off day. Uh Yeah. I mean, I know you're saying like there are people who are like, no, they get the off day in between. No, it's more important for the next round to have that off day in between with travel and everything else. They're going to lose the off day, come to town, be not ideally set up. Uh, it's, it's a huge advantage right now for Houston, like going for into what this
1: series. For what it's worth, I just saw on Twitter from one of the Yankees reporters that, uh, the, clock, the skies have now cleared and the field looks playable, so that's good. It's ten thirty. They, I don't know if you want to start a game at ten thirty at this point, but uh,
0: it's nine thirty my time.
1: You know, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, West Central and West Coast. It's like whatever. I, mean, I don't it's, know. It's, six,
0: it's what seven o'clock on the West Coast. It's fine. Let's just go. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, it's five in Hawaii. we're there, where it's nothing.
1: I know this this benefits the Yankees pitching a little more, but I would still say. They probably wanted to play tonight a little bit. I maybe maybe they wanted to play more on Tuesday than they did on Monday, but I also think they were probably thinking about the fact they won't have an off day either if they win that game. So I'm not saying I'm not saying New York didn't want this rain out, but I'm also saying I think they realized that you know however they do it, they're going to be either they play against Cleveland with with a matchup they don't like and they lose, or they play on Tuesday and they. They win and they're, you know, screwed for game one of the LCS. I guess I guess being screwed for game one of the LCS is better than losing game five of the ALDS, but I think they know Imagine that they're
0: new on and you throw Cortez and Cole in this game and you advance. Like you're just you are you're completely hosed around too. Like you got you gotta wait till game three or four to throw those guys. Like it's I mean it's I it's was the having them.
1: I was having this discussion. I I saw I wasn't. I was trying not to get involved, but there were people on Twitter going back and forth this discussion, saying, you know, start Bieber in Game Five and then start McKenzie on short rest in Game One of the ALCS, and then I'm like, okay, you're not going to start both your best two pitchers this postseason on short rest back to back days. You're just handicapping yourself both times. Um, I like I I can see the reasoning and and pitching Bieber in Game Five because it's a must win, but I'm not. If you win that game, that you pitch Bieber in, yeah. And short rest, I'm not going out there and I'm not putting McKenzie out there in short rest and hamstringing yourself there. Because I, I don't know how the schedule looks for the LCS as far as like days off and how much, which guys can pitch two days, which guys can't. Um, but you're not going to hamstring yourself like that with with a guy like McKenzie or Bieber. Um, that just makes no sense to me to, to do that on purpose. Um, no. I'd I mean, rather million.
0: throw someone like Cody Morris in game one and be like, go get us three innings. And tell henches to go get two. I'd rather do something weird like that. That that's going to be unexpected.
1: How about how about this? This is how people are reporting this, and I, I got the email from the Guardians too. So this is how I saw it. But uh, when they when they decided to go TBD on their starter, they had Cortez starting, and all the Yankees reporters are tweeting that Nestor Cortez is starting. Guardians announced so the Guardians announced who was starting for the Yankees. That's mm-hmm. a weird way to frame that. I don't know. Did the Guardians like? put that out there before the yankees. I mean, I guess the guardians wouldn't have that information if the yankees didn't give it to them. So, um it's just funny that they're they're saying the guardians announced who was starting for the yankees. Maybe they're doing the bait and yeah. switch. Maybe they're saying uh, it's Andy I mean, Cortez 908 Maybe. is when
0: I got got the email. It said that Nestor Cortez is starting. And I got yeah. that from the guardians at 908
1: uh, p.m. what time What if no, I don't think. Uh, to your point, I wonder. I wonder if Aaron Boone thought the same thing you did, Jeff, about the Owen Miller thing. Maybe, maybe he thought, okay, they'll put Owen Miller in against the lefty, and then we'll we'll throw Cortez for an inning as an opener, and then go to whoever. Although Cortez for two still sounds better to me than Jameson Tyone. But yeah, Tyone they, uh, was such a
0: bad matchup. Um, it's it's unfortunate for Cleveland. Like, there's no other way around it. It was it was a very advantageous matchup. Like I said, short rest. I still like Cleveland's chances, maybe not as strongly as yesterday, where it's like they're going to win, but like, I still like their chances tomorrow. Uh, it's death by a thousand paper cuts. That's this offense. And, you know, it, if you go through and you look game was a game three it was like, f- they had 15 hits and, you know, they had like almost 10 hits. I want to say in game two, So that's what they got to do. And when you're looking at a team that's going to have either an ineffective starter or a starter on short rest, it bodes well to that type of approach.
1: Yeah. Like I said, the plan's the same. They have to get to Cortez early. If he is the the starter opener, however, they're going to play that they have to get to him early. Um, The last thing you want to do is, is trail and and let the Yankees throw out Peralta and clay Holmes and possibly Garrett Cole with a lead. Like if they, if they go Nestor Cortez for three and they go to Garrett Cole for two, and then they let Peralta and Holmes finish it, you cannot be behind on them.
0: If it's tight, I, they might go to Cole uh, to be the closer, two inning closer at the end of a game. I could see that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think Either that might way, be the yeah. most logical way to, for them to play it. Yeah. I, I don't know. People seem to think he might be available. That's typically, I, I have not seen. I know, like I said, I know Randy Johnson did it. Um, in 95. I don't know. He pitched so he pitched on Sunday, Monday. Yeah, it's one day of rest. I, I I don't know if I've seen that too often from a starter. And he went 110 on Sunday. So yeah. I mean he emptied he emptied the tank. He was throwing ninety eight on his final pitch. And I'm saying I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm just saying I don't know. Maybe maybe it comes up, comes back to burn him. We've seen we've seen managers do it in the postseason before and it burns them because the guys just aren't ready to bounce yeah. back and, and in a role that they're
0: unfamiliar him. with.
1: Yeah, there's that. And to be honest, I thought Cleveland was pretty good against Garrett Cole on Sunday. I mean, he definitely beat them. There's no doubt about that. But they were bet- they definitely had better at-bats against him. They hit the ball more. Um, So we'll see. Yeah, you're right. So the, the plan for the Yankees might be three out of Cortez, two from Peralta, maybe three from Peralta, depending on his pitch count. And then, uh, like I said, I'm betting on the Weisinger for at least one they have gone
0: to him in almost every single game as well. Like they clearly, I know he's not elite. I'm just saying that that
1: past history. They trust them. Been, yeah, they yeah. do trust them. Yeah. So yeah. Peralta for three. I'm sorry. Cortez and Peralta for, you might get five out of those two and they're both lefties, which is a problem for Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Then you get one from the wise ago, one from Holmes and one from Garrett Cole. Yeah. Yeah. Cleveland, Cleveland. I think it's the same thing. Three or four from Savali. Two from Henches, two from Stefan, Karen Shack, and then Safer for eight outs, hopefully. So yeah, get, think, get a I mean, lead early. Get a lead early. I think class a is at do. least two innings tomorrow. Uh no matter what happens, we will have you
0: covered. We'll be here to can uh, to celebrate the win or commiserate with on the loss. But I'm gonna say this: no matter what happens, this has been an unbelievably fun year. I think they're gonna win tomorrow. I believe in this team, but no matter the outcome. This has been an incredibly fun season and a young team on the rise. Any final thoughts before we uh, do the official ending?
1: I think it's time. Cleveland has played through a lot of rain outs and weird games this year. Um, Time for them to win a game where they were impacted by rain in the postseason and not lose one like last time.
0: Nope. Fair enough. Uh, And let's end it how we always do. Go, go, Guardians, go.